Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are chatting with Amanda Ingram. Amanda and I connected online, and as we dove into this conversation, it was really interesting because she brought me back many years to what I remember it was like when my kids were little and some of the changes that I went through in my body and how she describes it, and I could completely see myself in that experience again. So Amanda is the glow igniter and owner of Embrace and Glow. She has seen and experienced the firsthand how new moms are made to feel badly about their bodies after giving birth to their babies. In fact, research shows that 60% of women wish that they had their pre-baby bodies back, bodies that actually don't even exist anymore. Her mission is to help them embrace their new bodies and ignite their mama glow creating a world where millions of women are celebrating how powerful they are and redefining how we speak about postpartum bodies. So today we dive in and we talk about how physically how we look is not equal to our self-worth. And self-worth is a completely different thing on its own. A lot can change when we stop owning the limiting beliefs of others. And this one really hit home for me. We can learn to build contrary evidence to help to change our limiting beliefs. So we can change that in that process, and that is so powerful. Also, when we are setting our goals, to make sure that we are addressing the mindset piece and that we don't set ourselves up, so in order to set ourselves up for success, all goals should be set for us and not for someone else, not to try and please someone else, not to impress someone else, not to look at what you think you should be by now. And I really related to that as well. Self-compassion is one of Amanda's greatest lessons and she teaches this as a priority for her clients, especially as new moms. And I can tell you as a mom whose kids are in, her tw- in their 20s, that learning self-compassion has been such a long road to learn. So to have somebody really reinforcing this when the kids are so young is just really, really powerful. Next, we talk about post-baby and how important it is to recognize that our body has just accomplished instead of punishing it for not where we think it should be. The power of the masks of perfectionism and how impossible it is to maintain and what we tend to believe is our weakness often ends up being our superpower. And I loved how she explained this. So I know you're going to love this conversation. Whether you have young kids or not, you will relate to what she's talking about when she dives into self-worth, self-compassion. And she is really out there with that mindset piece for those new moms. And I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how powerful that would have been to learn that 20 years ago. When at that time, I remember thinking, I'm just, I'm obviously by myself. Nobody else is thinking these things. No one else is struggling. And we all know that we all have those thoughts and that we are all on a journey fighting our own battles. So as Amanda dives in, I think that she is really on the verge of touching into something that is such a powerful topic with young moms, so new moms. So I hope you'll love this topic. I hope you'll love this conversation because I know that you will. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we have Amanda Ingram. And Amanda's company is called Embrace and Glow, which I absolutely love. So even before I have an idea of what she's doing, I love the title of it. And the professional title that she has sent me is Glow Igniter. So that is just, a, I just love it. I cannot wait to learn more and dive into her story. Thank you so much for being here today, Amanda. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I am going to start with a few questions so people can kind of get to an idea of who you are and what you're about. Is that all right? Yep, sounds perfect. Awesome. Where are you from? I am from Barrie, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Have you always lived in Barrie? Um, yes, I was born here and then I moved away for school and mm -hmm. uh, life. Uh, and then when we decided to have a family, uh, it made sense to come back. Nice, nice. One of my very closest friends lives in Barrie. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. What is the most impactful book you have read? Oh, that's a really good one. Mm. Um, one of the most impactful books I have read. Right now I'm currently reading um, a book called Postnatal Depletion. Oh. And that has been um, a very interesting um, look at what is happening to moms after they have their babies. So that's been really impactful mm. for me um, in terms of seeing from a doctor's perspective what's going on, which okay. is which is very interesting. Um, and otherwise, in my entire life, um, probably the... Goodness, I don't know if I even know what I would say. Um, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Are you? Yeah, yeah. everybody's different, right? As far as reading, and it just kind of gives people an idea of like some of the things and resources that everyone else is using. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite quote? Yes, <laughs> I like to say it's more of an affirmation. Actually, <laughs> it's it's just super simple, and it's just I am enough. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And as far as I'm concerned, we can never say that enough. Like we, uh, Absolutely. Right? Like we can say that it's, it should be part of our thing every day and, and a mm. reminder, right? As we're hitting those walls that no, I'm enough. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? It can be a mentor that you know personally, or it can be somebody that you've never met, but who their work has impacted you. Yes, I've, I've had the, um, the pleasure of working with several wi uh, women in my life um, mm -hmm. who, whose who's really sole purpose is to raise other women up. Mm -hmm. um, nice. and, and it was really nice to see that because I am, um, I've been doing this for a little bit, but not, not very long. Um, mm -hmm. And it was really nice to, to see that that is the community that is behind us. Um, I think too often we're kind of, told that women are competing against one another um, mm -hmm. and that's just not the case um, and when we're able to kind of be supported um, mm -hmm. we can we're so much stronger because of it oh uh, so I do have, I have a few more than more than one to uh, more than one to name that's that okay that have been uh, really amazing yeah that's awesome I couldn't agree more with what you said and I love the fact that you refer to that especially so early in the conversation because I, I mean, I strongly believe like we don't get anywhere alone. We just get, it just, it, we can't stay and move forward and create change in our life by ourselves. Cause if we could, we mm -hmm. would have done it already. 
And so it's a fact, right? We would have done it. And I have been, I think in the last like four or five years, really found myself surrounded with a group of women who, and even mentors who just believe in, no, you lift each other up, you encourage, you support. If your sister is winning, you cheer her on. Like you don't, there's, there's enough to go around, right? We don't need to be competitive. Mm -hmm. And I had a mentor once um, in a workshop. This She was one of my early ones, and I'll never forget this, is the fact that she said, you could all run the exact same business. And there was 20 of us in the room. You could all run the exact same business. And if you truly bring yourself to the table, everyone's different. And that just mm -hmm. stuck in my head that there is no such thing as, you know, so much competition that we can't succeed. It's just not, it's not there. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, awesome. I and that's interesting. I had someone also said something to me that was, um, if you're passionate about what you do, there's always room for you. Oh, oh I love that. That's actually really like that quote. There's always room. Yeah. Always yeah. room. I like yeah. that. Um, last question. What lifts you up? What drives you? Like what is one thing that drives you? For me, it's creating change for my daughters. So having, um, having two girls um, at mm -hmm. home, I have a one-year-old and a almost four-year-old now, mm -hmm. um, has really changed my perspective on life. Um, they have basically are the reason why I do what I do and they're what drives me. Mm -hmm. um, because since having them, I've kind of noticed all the things that I'm like, hmm, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. And I want things to be different for them. So I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. That's awesome. Absolutely love that. So on that note then, what is a glow igniter? So a glow igniter, um, to explain that, I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I um, think of when I talk about glow. Mm -hmm. So I believe that uh, we're all born with a very glowing light within us. And that light and energy are what make us celebrate the fact that our body can even just move and our, we're so excited that our legs can carry us places. Um, but then as we go older, uh, limiting beliefs, whether they're ours or our parents or society, mm -hmm. um, get put upon us and they start dimming that glow. And uh, when we uh, get pregnant, um, that glow kind of ignites again within us because we're carrying um, our child who has that light. Mm -hmm. um, and when they are born, um, that light kind of carries on within them. Um, but ours, unfortunately, is further diminished as we're, mm -hmm. as we're told that there's something wrong with us and our bodies um, after having our babies. So as the glow igniter, um, it's my mission to help women um, release those limiting beliefs and reignite uh, the glow within them and celebrate themselves for the amazing, um, powerful and limitless beings mm. that they are. That is beautiful. So that's what a glow igniter is. <laughs> I know. I love it. I, I had some ideas, but I absolutely love your description and love the energy that you attach to that. So we all know that we don't coach on anything that we have not lived. So I am assuming that there was a time in your life where you really struggled with that glow or that light and finding that light. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, even before children, um, I was always playing fairly small. Um, and I saw the things within me, such as being very emotional, mm -hmm. um, being a worrier, all of uh, being very quiet and fitting into a box um, to make others comfortable. Um, 
and that was kind of how I, I lived for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why I kind of got a steady job um, in a corporate world. And I safe, um, like a safe study yeah, job. Yeah, 100%. Um, because that was the thing I was like, I just wanted to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that fun thing, as I'm sure lots of people know about being safe is it gets really boring. <laughs> and can um, be suffocating. And it is and can be un- it's funny, we think it's predictable. But there's a lot that's out of our hands and a lot that's mm-hmm. out of our control. So I would go with it being less predictable than we think. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of just came up like one day where I'm just like, I need something. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And um, I, one of my limiting beliefs, uh, what my family used to say was like, we don't run in our family. Hmm. Uh, Just not something we do. And that was kind of further proven when I tried to run. I was like, this is terrible. Um, so I was like, no, (laughs) so just on this particular day in like my mid twenties, by the way, I I was owning this story for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, well, why, why? And that kind of started, um, my journey, um, into fitness and realizing that if I actually just slowed down, I could enjoy it. Mm. And that carried me on further, further distances and all of those things. And the reason I bring this up is because what it did for me on a deeper level is showed me that a story and a limiting belief that I had about myself isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of went, huh, what else isn't true? And that's what kind of started breaking away. It was a slow journey to start, but yeah. it started breaking away um, those limiting beliefs I had about myself. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and fast forward until when I got pregnant with my first daughter, um, I really bought into, um, the belief that we have to bounce back after having our babies. Um, Can I ask you, do you think that's because you have a background in training, like in fitness? Like, do you think that that's where that comes from? Or do you think that's just something that you believed? Just curious. Um, it's a great question. I actually, at that time, um, wasn't, um, I wasn't training people at that time. Um, but I, I was, uh, well in the world of fitness. So yes, um, because Mm -hmm. when you kind of surround yourself, um, with that, that is a really predominant message. Um, I I think you're right. Yeah, no, I I just, sorry to interrupt that. I just wanted to ask that because Mm -hmm. it makes me think of, I've been in the fitness like field, health and fitness field my whole life. And I remember you, like, if you know someone who's pregnant in health and fitness field, it's like, did you exercise the whole way to the end? Did you do this? Did you do this? And how fast did you get back to what you were doing? Like, it's, I know those questions were there and I remember asked and I know it's something that I, I just didn't know if that was because that was the background and that's our language, but knows. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 a great question to ask, um, and I think when you, when you're kind of immersed in that, you're also seeing that very much celebrated. So we're putting yes. women up on pedestals who are pushing their bodies in pregnancy, and then who are bouncing back, doing extreme things, and getting into their pre-pregnancy genes right after they've had their babies. Um, and it's it's very much celebrated, and it's very accepted within um, within that culture. Um, that that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, and I hear that from a lot of moms that I work with as well. Who, who well, feel the same 
And you know, sometimes you end up as a, the, I had a family member who had a baby before me. I'm not going to count her out here, but I'm going to say like, so I hadn't had kids yet. And when she left the hospital, she left in her jeans. So yes. this is my first close experience. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I remember not taking anything to the hospital and like getting, having my firstborn, I'm like, what the heck? Like I, these are going to fit. And I'm like, oh my God, like, look at how much I gained. And I mean, we, I think I gained 25 pounds. So it wasn't anything yeah. there, but my body completely changed. But for some reason, even in a logical, educated head, that's where my brain was, was that, well, you're supposed to leave the hospital with genes if you take care of yourself. And I think that's like a deep, Crazy. deeply ingrained thing that we're told too. Mm-hmm. So like that stem, that stem is back forever when we're kind of, it's that equ- that um, belief system that um, how we look is equal to our self-worth and that kind oh, of thing. Smaller is better mm-hmm. and all of that, um, all of that kind of thing. And I think that there's no exception in pregnancy and, and unfortunately in the postpartum period where we, we believe that we are supposed to be a certain way. Yeah. And if we're not, then, then somehow that's attached to our self-worth one in which self-worth yeah. is completely separate. We have our own self-worth. We never, we were born with it and never goes away. Mm-hmm. And when we attach tangible things to it, um, that's when, that's when things kind of, um, create that that atmosphere that's just a really negative a negative kind of feeling about ourselves that makes a lot of sense now is this the so is is there's a is there a separation say for people who are um for example they want to exercise they feel better mentally but they do it they can still love themselves through the process versus somebody who's doing it because they are believing it's a standard that I have to do this and I have to bounce back this fast and that's completely tied to my self-worth. Two different things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I always ask, I always ask my, my uh, clients, uh, even myself as well, when I come up with goals or when I'm, when I'm working towards something, is to ask yourself, what, what would, number one, why? Why have you chosen this goal? Mm-hmm. And for who? Are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for somebody else? Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, if we're doing it for somebody else and not for us, um, that's that's probably not a goal that's coming from from a place of of love and positivity in our life. Um, it's a place that even if you attained that, I always say you would never maintain it. Like you could never hold it and maintain it because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Correct. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, and so when I uh, and I also ask people this to to ask themselves, what would happen if you didn't reach it? Mm-hmm. Um, how would Great you question. feel? Would you mm-hmm. feel like a, a would you feel like a big failure, um, or would you be kind of like, okay, that's okay, we'll mm-hmm. we'll try again, no big deal. Um, not to say that you don't need motivation to reach a goal, but you also need to have self compassion there. And when these goals are coming from a place of uh, maybe we feel like there's something wrong with us or they're coming from a negative place. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't achieve them, that feeds into that. And we just berate ourselves and we kind of start that cycle again for finding right. something else. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, and that's where we need that true and lasting change because we've, I've, uh, I was at a workshop and someone said a really good quote that people will change to reach their goal and then they will go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we're not reaching a goal. Sorry, that's when we haven't set a goal um, that is coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. And there's no, um, 
there's no habits to support. Like if, if it's not coming from the right place, you won't sustain it. And if you don't put good, um, I would say proper sustainable habits in place to hold mm -hmm. that, then it won't last either. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I really feel like when we're kind of, when we're able to reach a point with ourselves, so this is where I, I really do um, focus on mindset um, work because uh, that's a huge, huge part because that mm -hmm. self-compassion and kind of knowing um, who we are can really, really help us understand um, what we need. Right. Yeah. And not judge it and not be critical, not be. Right. So this is really powerful because I think that, and I'm going to blanket this for a second. I, mm -hmm. from what I've seen, like self-compassion is a really tough thing for people in general. I'm going to say it's even harder for women um, from what I've seen with clients and, and what I know I go through. I, I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, wow, just cut yourself some slack for a second. And it's just, it doesn't come natural. Like self-compassion does not come natural. And I love to hear that you are, you cover that. So because that is something that is so important to you with your clients, how did you learn self-compassion? Yeah. So when I, when I was pregnant, um, with my first daughter, um, mm -hmm. that was when I was very much like, I am going to stay active. I am going to, um, not be someone who, uh, lets themselves go, which mm -hmm. saying that now makes me cringe, but it was 100% how I thought. Um, so I pushed myself in pregnancy. Um, I ran a marathon at five months pregnant, um, which just for the record, don't do that. <laughs> um, I couldn't even run a marathon. Without um, I cannot, uh, don't even be pregnant. That's impressive. But again, uh, see, scary, but I say impressive. Yes. I know what you're saying. No, no, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. And, and um, well, because you keep getting validated for these right, things, too, right? Because I'm posting it. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, um, everybody is different. So yeah. for some people, maybe that impact exercise is okay, as long as we're feeling good and our pelvic floor is functioning properly. Right. Uh, in my case, that was probably not the smartest thing to do. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so I had I had my daughter. And um, immediately the second um I was cleared after my c-section surgery so at eight weeks postpartum I was given the all clear and I jumped right back into into fitness mm. um and and I my my daughter had some medical issues so it was also really a stressful time um and it was just I just had to to focus on these things and mm. Uh, you know, that whole idea of I'm going to be super mom, I'm going to do it all because that's what we're told we need to do. And that's what is celebrated. Um, and I was just like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to do it all. And at the time I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. Um, but looking back, like it was an incredibly stressful, stressful time in my life. Um, and a few months down the road, I ended up finding out that I had um, two prolapses. So that means that um, two of my pelvic organs were descending into my vagina. Mm, wow. So I had a bladder prolapse and a rectal prolapse, which okay. um, has to be painful. For anyone, uh, it's not painful, um, okay. but what can happen is um, over time, if you have if you have them, they can increase in severity. So they okay. go from grade one to grade four. Um, and a grade four is actually that organ is exiting your body. Oh. 
So it can, it, um, it, it's not life threatening, but it can be very life changing. Okay. Um, and if anyone wants to know, um, some symptoms are um, pressure, uh, leaking of urine, um, that kind of stuff. If you feel those things, uh, get mm-hmm. checked out. Um, so anyway, so I found out about that and it was a huge blow because um, usually they say uh, impact exercise, you kind of can't do anymore, right. um, all that stuff. And not to mention that I didn't even really know what a pelvic floor was, to be completely honest That's with okay. You. Yeah. And yeah. Meanwhile, so your I, pelvic floor had gone through like, <laughs> like right. really, really difficult. Right. So I, and I, yeah, and I fell into the category of women who there's, uh, were, um, where we don't know what's going on with our bodies because we haven't been told. And that's, this isn't part of a childbirth class or anything like that. No, you um, are so right. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I'm blown away because oh, yeah. thinking of, I even, I mean, my kids are older, but thinking back, you're so right. None of that stuff was ever talked about. No. So no. when it, when it, I kind of found out about it, it opened up this entire new world for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started looking into the whole pelvic floor fitness world, which is one of my modalities um, is that I'm a pelvic floor um, fitness specialist. Mm-hmm. And um, down this journey was, uh, it was incredibly eye opening because it was a world where we recover after we have our babies. We're allowed <laughs> to rest because that's what we need to do to heal. And then when we do move again, we're not jumping back into our old exercise routine, we're actually going to work on regaining functionality with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really shifts the focus from how we look to how we function. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's super important because that is, that is a deep shift (laughs) um, to start seeing yourself um, for how you function, because it's pretty amazing what our bodies can do. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that we can grow, carry and birth a baby. And um, to kind of be able to recognize that and celebrate that instead of constantly critiquing because we don't meet a certain ideal. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's so, um, that is so powerful because I just, I think you're hitting so many things there that, yes, I know you're talking about pelvic floor, but I totally get the big, big picture of what you're talking Mm -hmm. about and how it's setting ourselves up for this non-attainable like it's not we just can't maintain that and it's it really comes down to again talking about some of the things that people don't normally like to talk about yeah and and we need to start talking about it absolutely um, because everybody needs to know um mm-hmm. that pain leaking pressure all of these things are not normal and we right. don't have to live with them you don't have to um, I was, I was kind of joke that the panty liner industry would love for you to believe that mm-hmm. leaking is just a part of your life after you have a baby, mm-hmm. but that actually is not, not the case at all. Um, and that there's plenty that you can do. So, uh, if you have access, see a pelvic floor physio, um, or look into it a little bit more into mm-hmm. this whole pelvic health world, because there is plenty that you can do. And that's what I, I, um, help my clients with that as well as a much bigger picture of the journey. So the pelvic health is, is a part of it with building like a nice strong foundation to go on your journey. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, so that is part of what you do is the pelvic health and, and Mm -hmm. what the process is to help them gain strength and more function. And I love that you said that because as a, I'm a kinesiologist, I've worked in the rehab field for many years. I always say like if a client comes to me and says, I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, I'm not your person. Like I'm not your person. My goal is always like, how can I help you to be more functional? What is something you have not done for a number of years that you love doing? 
And almost always it's like, oh, I haven't played with my grandkids. I haven't been able to climb. I haven't been able to hike. They hit perfect. That's our goal. That's what we're going to focus on something. Because I, for me, it's always about function. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. having that function. Yeah. So yeah. pelvic floor work and then the mindset piece. So tell us, what, like, how does that work for you when you coach with your clients? What kinds of, do you do a lot of one-on-one? Do you do group? Like, how does that work? Um, so I do, I do one-on-one as well as group. Um, yeah. I enjoy the group for the fact that we have some really, really lovely conversations about mm-hmm. mindset. And it's very helpful to know um, that you're not alone. Right. Um, the, the first part of the journey that I've told you about of my journey um, was kind of the physical side of things. Right. Um, and then the second half of my journey is actually the, the mindset side of it. Um, okay. Which... Uh, for my moms, I always do the mindset piece first because um, I wish I had been able to do it the opposite, but circumstances were as they were. I, although to be, to be fair, actually, with the running was the start of my mindset journey, um, yes. with the limiting beliefs. Um, but what I ended up um, having happen is in my second pregnancy, I had um, uh, really bad anxiety. Mm. And it ended up, um, I ended up going and um, seeing a therapist for it. I didn't know it was anxiety too, by the way, yeah. um, because I've kind of lived with it my entire life, but in pregnancy it was heightened. And I always just thought again, that it was kind of just a weakness. I was too sensitive um, or I was a worrier mm. or yeah. hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. And um, once I had a label and I know sometimes labels aren't the best, but for me, this putting this, as uh, giving this a name um, was the most empowering thing that could have happened to me because all of a sudden everything in my life that I had said was a weakness mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. it's a strength it's my superpower the fact that I'm sensitive mm-hmm. is a huge huge superpower for me and my business the mm-hmm. fact that I'm emotional and intuitive all of these things were were what made me strong not made me weak and when you're able to shift your mindset on such a huge level to change those deeply ingrained stories that I'm weak um, and change that to I'm actually very strong um, was was truly life-changing and that's that's what I bring to the table for my moms so we in our group or one-on-one depending what we talk about is what how do you speak to yourself and just listen Mm -hmm. listen to what you say would you say that to somebody else um probably not because we're we're pretty our internal voices can sometimes be pretty harsh um and what it is is with a ton of self-compassion examine what you're saying to yourself so i use the example of um my body uh, is broken because i had a baby and mm-hmm. I hear that a lot, especially if we're dealing with pelvic floor dysfunction as well, um, or we're not meeting the ideals that we've been held up to that are impossible to reach. So we're not feeling great about ourselves. But what if we could change that to my body is incredibly powerful mm. because it grew and birthed a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've in that moment taken I am weak to I am powerful. Completely shifted and it. Yeah. And it completely shifts things and it's not going to be a quick process. Um, but it is something just little that you can do every day is just listen to how you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to write that down and then write down your news story 
Mm -hmm. um, because we have, I believe it's like 60,000 thoughts a day. And if we have, Very if they're all negative, yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to bring negativity into our lives. But if we can shift that into positivity, we're going to uh, invite positivity into our lives. So the more we can do that, the more we can on like a deep cellular level, change our story and we will believe it. Because whether it's true or not, if we tell it to ourselves enough, we believe it. So why not make them positive stories about ourselves? Because we truly are um, powerful and limitless. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I, there's so many things there and so many nuggets about limiting beliefs and changing our thinking. And I think what they, I can't remember the stat exactly because I just find it so powerful that if it's 60,000 thoughts a day, 80% are the same ones we had yesterday. So if we are right, if we're in a space where our thoughts are negative, chances are good. They've been negative for years, like years, mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's not that you can't, undo that kind of brain training but it takes work like it takes it, it definitely takes work to shift those habits and shift that thinking it's so powerful mm -hmm. and so important and necessary but very like it's definitely work to do yeah so uh, and I always tell people that like when we're creating true and lasting change in our lives um, that's not the quick fix no the, the quick fix is going to get you results really quickly but they're not going to be sustainable right and we and as we were discussing before we kind of cycle around and around um and get nowhere and can't get out exactly and we kind of just that self-esteem self-worth keeps getting lower as we go mm -hmm. um but if we're ready to take the journey um that's where that big change that you can sustain is going to come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. So did you find yourself, so in that transition, take us through that transition time from baby number one to baby number two, had you figured out a lot of those things by baby number two? No, this is all what I found out after baby number two. Okay. So okay. this is, it's been, it's been an incredibly long journey for me and I'm sure it's going to be one that I still continue to go on and I welcome that. Um, but yes, I've, I've just been growing and growing and tapping into the intuitive side of myself um, and really working on that self-compassion side because mm -hmm. it's so easy to fall into those old patterns again. Um, but the difference um, is that I can see it now. I go, Oh, mm. I'm doing that again. Okay. And I'm, and we be compassionate. So we just kind of go, why, why did yeah. I, why did I say that? Okay. Yeah. Next time we're going to work on it. It's going to get better. Um, Sometimes I make a little joke, right? I'm just like, wow, Marcia, you're doing it again. Like, here we go again. Like it's not beating <laughs> ourselves up. It's just like, wow, that just keeps showing up. Exactly. And I mean, and sometimes we do and we catch ourselves because we're human. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's being able to identify instead of getting kind of dragged down by that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been, that's been the journey that, that I am currently on. And that's been expanding into doing things like meditation to really deeply connect to myself. Um, and I've been finding that to be very effective, uh, even for um, visualization and mind body mm -hmm. connection. Um, because, uh, and kind of that deeper asking why. So if something, if you've kind of been telling yourself a story, like I'm like, oh, I have a tight pelvic floor and things, um, 
even with releases and stuff like that, it wasn't, it was, it would get better, but then it would kind of go back to being tight again. I'm just like, oh, maybe that's just, you know, that's just what's going to happen. Um, and then actually kind of going, no, but why? Why is there tension there? And kind of realizing that um, I was holding anxiety there. And then mm -hmm. I was also, it goes deeper even to, I had two very tumultuous pregnancies um, and that feeling of needing to protect my babies. Mm. Um, and with prolapse too, you know, I don't want my organs to fall out of my body. Oh, no. They are not going to. Um, I actually was able to rehab myself back to um, being able to run again. Without so, surgery? Like you had no surgery? Oh yeah, no surgery, no. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and, and it's possible. And it's possible mm -hmm. for, for people to do that. Surgery isn't the only option when it comes to prolapse, actually. Pelvic um, uh, floor work and physio can be really beneficial for that. Well, anytime you do surgery, that also opens up other cans of worms and other issues that can. I had a family member who had to have surgery for prolapse. And hers was pretty aggressive, but this would be, I'm going to say it's probably 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And so she had that done. Maybe that was a, a choice of how they did and handled things more. But I know that also comes with other issues. So being able to work to rehab that or try to rehab that first is mm -hmm. a really productive way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, a, a surgery can, uh, surgery sometimes is, um, is the right choice right. to make. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually that's after, um, hopefully you have all that knowledge um, to know that there are other avenues to go. And when those avenues um, maybe aren't giving you the results that you need, then yes, surgery would be the logical next step to take. So, um, wow. That's, so that's yeah. 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 <laughs> that's it. So you've taken that now. You have kids four and one. Was that the yeah. four and one? And yeah. so you are doing this and coaching and helping mm -hmm. women with shifting their mindset, really kind of changing their story, their language, mm -hmm. their limiting beliefs, as well as the pelvic floor side to it. Yeah. I can see that being a real, um, a very valuable resource of what you're offering women. And you're also helping them to, I say validate, that it doesn't have to be the way that they think it does. Because when we don't talk about, we don't talk about the difficult things, then we, we tell the story in our own head that we're obviously the only one that struggles with it. And so we assume that it's ours. And I remember vividly, didn't have this issue, but I, I remember vividly with, um, well, I had a very colicky, a very, very colicky um, baby. And I remember thinking, like, there must be something wrong with me because of this circumstance and what have we done? And then at the same time thinking like, I remember to be completely honest, I struggled with the um, probably almost borderline dealing with depression or postpartum because it was so difficult. Like life was so, so difficult um, because he would cry for hours a day. And I remember thinking, all my friends are saying, this is the most amazing thing in the world. And I'm like, nothing about this is amazing. Like there must be something wrong with me because this is not amazing. There's nothing that's amazing about this. And in I, one of the best pieces of advice, it just, just ties into what you're saying. There was one point where they sent my son by ambulance, um, to a bigger hospital because they thought he had like a, um, uh, a tear or there was something because he just, he screamed for hours. 
And um, I remember when we got there, the best pediatrician, and she sat me down. She I did work with him, came back and sat me down. And she said, I want you to know that some kids have some symptoms of colic and your son has them all. So I need you to take care of you because he's going to scream whether you are holding him, you're in the room, he's in the crib, it's, it's going to happen. It, this is where, and now I'm sure things have changed since then, but this is like, again, 20 years ago. But it was the best piece of advice to think, okay, so I'm not crazy and I didn't do something wrong and I didn't, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. The best thing you can do is take care of yourself. And she goes, to be honest, take that lesson now and you need it for the rest of your life. <laughs> As a mom, you need that the rest of your life. I'll never forget her words. So powerful of really validating our own feelings and taking yeah. care of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's so, so important. And we um, are, are kind of told that it's not, that baby always mm -hmm. comes first. And when we're pregnant, the focus is on us. But as soon as baby um, is born, the focus shifts to the baby and yes. everyone's coming to see the baby. And yes. that's great. But no one's asking, how are you doing? Or no. what can I do for you? What can I bring you? Um, and I kind of refer to it as um, we kind of step out of the limelight of our own lives. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's very and, powerful. And we, we deserve to be the star of our own life. Mm. Um, so it's kind of stepping back into that role um, in our own lives. Um, and wow. when I think when we're able to do that, that's, that's when we're starting to, to allow ourselves to release that guilt um, because mm. we don't need to feel guilty for doing something for ourselves. Um, and we can't do everything all at once. So something takes priority and something takes a backseat and there's nothing wrong with that. No, uh, but that's not just you every, Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's not you every day. Of course, your kids are going to take priority some yeah. days, but you still need to be on that list. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Because it's just, otherwise you're, you're just going to, um, it, when we kind of start to, to see ourselves that way as, as not, the most important person in our life. Mm -hmm. um, every, everybody um, suffers the effects of that. Oh, everyone. I mean, yeah. I, absolutely everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So you are, how do you see yourself in the next few years? I know you still have young kids. How do you see yourself growing this message and reaching more people? Because I think what you're saying is very powerful on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I'm actually offering my program online. So it'll be a global program nice. um, that I'm going to work with. And I'm just going to expand it uh, from there, which I'm very excited about. Um, I really hope my, my mission is truly to help women um, celebrate their bodies and themselves um, and change the way we speak about the postpartum period mm -hmm. because we have it a little bit backwards in this uh, in our culture no oh, we do we absolutely do we absolutely do I know yeah I do. I mean not I know when I had my second I had to be off on bed rest and that was mentally a really big struggle for me because I was a person who was exercising regularly you know I had a one-year-old at home couldn't do and I just you know I, I can just imagine the value of what you're sharing with so many women because these things were just not talked about. I'm sure we haven't completely changed and overhauled everything. There's still a lot of work to do, but I think it's great that you're covering these things because 
you know, I mean, we take care of ourselves. We can perform and do, I hate perform, but do so much more for others. We can't do that if our cup is bone, bone dry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting when I speak to um, mom groups and stuff like that. One of the first things I say is that you are allowed to rust. If you are not giving yourself permission, let me give you permission to rest because it's so important to rest and recover. And I think we kind of, we sit down for the first time during the day because our baby just finally went to sleep for a nap and we go, oh, but there's dishes, there's laundry, there's this, there's this. And the truth is there's always going to be always, 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 but there's not always going to be time for us to relax. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely important to just to take that time and, and give yourself permission. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Like you are definitely allowed to rest. And that is something that I just, I know that is myself that I, there are times I can struggle with that for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder. Sometimes it's like you can push so hard until there is truly nothing left. And then it's like, no, I have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. And so it's honoring, really honoring what you need. And I mean, you can see the value of what you're teaching moms, but understand the value and impact that can have on your own daughters as they get older. Mm-hmm. there's so much power in your message and in your words, honestly, that it'll impact Thank them you. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's, and that's the, that is the dream um, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that one day we reach a point where, where my daughters wouldn't need somebody like me in the future mm-hmm. because they already are empowered with all of that knowledge and that belief of self. Oh yeah. Change, changing, limiting beliefs, challenging all of that. I just, I mean, even one step further, what I find what you're saying and you correct me if I'm wrong, but what I find what you're saying is it has such a, an impact in the sense that, you know, I mean, I'm older, but when my, when I was coming through school, it was this whole push of like, let's um, get girls into science and let's get them into universities. Let's do, so there's this real push of women can do this and they can do all these things. And then there was this push of not only are they going to do the thing, go to school, get the job, do all those things. They're also going to be like kick-ass at home and cooking meals and juggling everything else. Oh, and they're still going to take care of themselves and be in like rock hard fitness and do all those things. And they're going to make it look easy. They're going to make all of it look easy. And it's this big, it was just like you, when you say it, when I say it, it sounds ridiculous, but I know that was a, that was a label that a lot of us wore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely glorified. Um, mm-hmm. But it's have, but the, but at what cost, right? Oh, and none of that matters, right? Like, like none of that stuff yeah. matters. I think you're taking care of our health and taking care of, and just literally doing the best that we can, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, just focusing on that. As somebody had said mm-hmm. to me once, you know, cause I do a lot of meal prep. I do meal prep on Sundays and we do mm-hmm. that in our house. And sometimes, yep. how do you do that? And I'm like, we are so basic about our eating. Like most people would be shocked. It's not fancy. It's basic. Yeah. It is basic yeah. because it's about food has fuel and we're just trying to eat as best as we can and not drive ourselves crazy during the week. Right. Thinking I have to make a three hour meal that no one's going to touch. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Setting those expectations. That's very powerful. So where can people connect with you? I see here you also offer like a 30-minute grow you glow. No, say it right. Grow you glow coaching calls. Yeah. So I offer um, 
uh, Grow Your Glow go uh, coaching calls uh, for mm -hmm. anyone who wants to just chat with me. I'm, it's a call where you can ask me any questions you'd like and we'll get some quick coaching done. Um, and then at the end, if you want to hear about my programs, you're welcome to. Otherwise, um, it's it's not a sales call. So it's, it's really just for me to get to know you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also have a private Facebook group called oh, awesome. Ignite, Your Mama, Ignite Your Mama Glow. Mm -hmm. um, that people can connect with me. And that's a lovely community uh, where we're supporting people and we're um, providing mindset tips, um, public floor safe exercise, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, awesome. Um, and then, yeah, you could follow me on uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram on as Embrace and Glow. Awesome. I will make sure that all of that is in the notes as well because you might have some people who wanting to join the community. Amazing. We would love right. that. Absolutely. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you two questions, if that's, sure. um, and just as we start to wrap up, your, um, if you could go back in time and give yourself a lesson, you could pick any age that it is, what age would you go back to and what would the lesson be? I would go back to when I was about five years old mm -hmm. um, and being told that I was sensitive and that being a bad thing and tell myself that everything that I think are my weaknesses are my superpowers. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I would be in, it'd be so fascinating to see the trajectory my life would take. Um, I do believe that I'm on the journey that I'm meant to be on, but yes. it is actually an interesting thing um, to think about what, what that would make my life look like. But I'm very uh, happy I'm on the journey that I am on. It's, and that's a great reflective way, right? It's not about change because our life has made us who we are, which is always good. But it's looking at that. I can't tell you how many people I interview that go back to five or six years or five or six years old. There's something about, I, I can't remember the stat number. There's something about the five, six year old that that is like, those are the most vivid memories we remember. And so we don't remember younger and we actually don't even remember like that five to 10 time, five to 10 years. So sometimes we forget those, but for some reason there's that five to six year old that we can relate to. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And the last question is what is the lesson in life you, that you are the most grateful for? So these are the lessons um, that my daughters gave me. So um, I could not possibly be more grateful for my children. Um, they're like the hardest, best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. As I'm sure anybody who's had children um, can relate to. Um, yes. So my, my first daughter taught me the lesson um, that I have a voice. Mm -hmm. And my second daughter... Um, gave me the courage to use that voice oh I love so that kind of the same thing yeah I always say that my first daughter gave me my voice and the second the courage to use it mm -hmm. and basically it's just been um that I don't have to be neutral I don't have to please everybody um that I do have an opinion and um that I do want to see change in the world for mm -hmm. myself and for them so I could not possibly be more grateful for my children for that. Oh, I love that. And you know, I, I mean, our kids are our best teachers. Um, and I think that that is beautiful that you recognize even from that young of an age that they've made that kind of an impact in allowing you to find your voice and you finding your voice and the courage to use it will continue to encourage them to grow into who they can be, right? You're not taking them from yeah. the box. You're trying to allow them to grow into who they can be. Absolutely.
That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for being here on the call today, for sharing so much knowledge from those early stages of what our body goes through, but also personally self-compassion, like just that mental growth and acceptance of who we are and allowing ourselves that during that change, especially during um, childbirth. I think it's beautiful. I really do. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Well, make sure that all of your information is there in the notes and it has been um, a pleasure to get to know you. Uh, you as well. Thank you so much. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Have an incredible day. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, own your choices, own your life. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.